press, but before we get into the message, let's just take a moment to pray. Lord God, Almighty Father in heaven, we, we admit we don't understand. God, but our view is so small. You are so great. You are in control and you have a plan, God, and we, we submit ourselves to that. Uh, for you are good. Lord, we pray um, a blessing over Tristan and Ashley and Henry and Oliver, Lord. We thank you for the peace that you have given them, God, and we pray even more peace and comfort um, as they grieve this loss, Lord. Lord, we pray that your spirit would lead and guide us as to how we can best support them uh, in this time. And we thank you for your love through Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we have been talking about freedom for the past couple weeks, as our banner here denotes. Um, Anthony has been talking about freedom and, and taught us that there is more freedom to be had. When walking with Jesus, there is always more freedom. There is always more that we can experience through Jesus Christ, walking deeper and closer with him. Um, so, but I want to ask the question, what is freedom? When you think about freedom, what is it that you think about? What is freedom? When I was younger, albeit not so long ago, perhaps I would think something like this. Freedom is doing whatever I want, whenever I want. But the more I started thinking about that, I was thinking, well, that's not actually freedom because I'm just a slave to my own desires at that point. Because there's still constraints. Even if I want to do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do, I can't. Because I'd really like to jump off a cliff and fly. But I just can't do that. Because that's not how God created me. I'm not a bird. Which would be cool. Although like a, a conscious thinking bird, not just an animal instinct bird. But. So there's constraints even within you know, that definition of, of freedom, doing whatever I want, whenever I want. Um, which is what I think our world tries to tell us, that when you can do whatever you want and you don't have to worry about anything, that's when you're actually free. But is that actually freedom? The, the Bible gives us a different view of freedom because doing whatever you want, whenever you want, isn't freedom. That's actually just self-gratification. That's putting you in the position of God. And the interesting thing is, is when we think that, well, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, um, we think that we know what's best for our lives. But sadly, that's, that's not true. We do not know what's best for our lives. Only God knows what's best for our lives. So doing whatever I want, whenever I want, is not freedom. Um, freedom is being who we were created to be. Fulfilling our purpose and potential. In Colossians 1, 16 and 17, it says this, For all things in heaven and on earth were created by him. That's Jesus. All things were created by him. All things, whether visible or invisible, thrones or dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created through him. So we have they were created by him, 
We have they are created through him and for him. And he himself is before, before all things, and all things are held together in him. So we've got by him, through him, for him, and in him. All things were created. That's us. That's this whole universe. That's this whole world falls under the, th the things that were created for Jesus, by Jesus, through Jesus, and he holds everything together in every moment. That's why we were created. That is our full potential is for Jesus. Our lives are for him. That is what we were made for. So when we start doing things our own way, we actually take our true potential of what we were created for and we twist that. We go away from it. Because um, in Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are created in Christ Jesus, again, in Christ Jesus, to do good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. We were created for good. So what is freedom? I asked my son, Ryler, this week, what is freedom? And his answer was very concise, but it made a lot of sense. He said, not slavery. I was like, you know what? That is so true. What is freedom? What is biblical freedom? It is not slavery or bondage being free. But we are freed from what? What is the bondage we've been freed from? Sin. I've got a few verses here kind of to express that point. Acts 13, 38 to 39. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. That is the good news. That is the gospel. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. This is something you are not able to obtain under the law of Moses. In Romans 6.22, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit that you get in your life now leads to sanctification and eternal life. Romans 8.1, therefore there now is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Galatians 3.22, but the scriptures declare that the whole world is a prisoner of sin, so that what's promised being given through faith in Jesus might be given to those who believe. And Romans 6.18, having been set free from sin, you have become slaves of righteousness. Sin is bondage. Sin is slavery. Not just the big ones, all sin. Every sin. I think that's one thing why we get stuck in sin so much is because we don't actually think that it's so bad. But if we actually truly believed and truly understood that it was chains and pain and death, I think we would steer clear. Because no sin is small in God's eyes because even what we would call the smallest sin was enough to crucify Jesus Christ on the cross. In 2 Peter 2.19, it says this, whatever overcomes a person, 
to that he is enslaved. Have you, always ever, have you ever said, I, I don't know what came over me, you know, this, and this just, whatever, whatever situation it was, I don't know what came over me, it just happened, or it's just this outburst, or, or whatever. What has power and sway over you? Is it anger? Lust? Greed? Hatred? Jealousy? Maybe it's fear? worry? Do any of those things just overtake you? The scripture says, whatever overcomes a person to that, they are enslaved. Because sin puts us in bondage, puts us in slavery. And Christ does not want us in slavery and in bondage. He wants us to live in freedom. You know what God wants to overcome us? Peace. Love, joy, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, when you have the Spirit of God in you, these things overcome us. Have you ever had it? Have you been in a situation where it's just you were just overwhelmed by peace? It doesn't make sense. People are like, how can you be so peaceful at this time? That's the Spirit of God. Being a slave to God, a slave to righteousness, means that Things like peace and love and joy and kindness and self-control are the things that will overcome us. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's something that I kind of want in my life to overcome me in those situations. When I'm dealing with my kids and they're not doing what I want them to do and I want to get angry, I don't want to be overcome by anger. I want to be overcome by patience and love, which doesn't happen very often. Just being honest. God's working on me. So why is it that Christ has come and has said there is freedom, but why is it that sometimes we don't live like we are free? Why are we still in bondage? Well, really it all comes down to a battle of truth and lies. When you think about Way back in the very beginning, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, God had said to them, do not eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil or you will surely die. That's the truth. The serpent comes along. The serpent says, did he really say you wouldn't die? You won't die. That's the lie. So now Eve is here and she's looking at the truth. I'm going to die. The lie, I'm not going to die. And she's deciding which one does she believe. And in that moment, she believed the lie that she wasn't going to die. Because what we believe controls how we act. So she believed that she wouldn't die, so she acted upon it, took the fruit, ate, and death and sin entered the world because of it. God wasn't lying. He was telling the truth. So it's always a battle of truth and lies. I'm reading a book right now. It's called Lies Men Believe. Um, Okay, it's, it's a doozy. But he goes through, it's by Robert Wolgamuth, Wolgamuth, and he goes through the top 40 lies that are common for men to believe. Um, there's another book called Lies Women Believe that she goes through the top 40 lies women believe, if, you know, whichever one you want to look up. Um, but it's crazy because week after week as I'm going through this book, I'm coming up against lie after lie after lie that at some level I actually kind of believe. And having to deal with it and realize and know the truth about what God says. 
Um, this week, I think one of the biggest ones that I was wrestling with this week is the lie that my wife is supposed to make me happy. Now, I mean, you know, we could kind of smile and joke about that one, but how many of us actually kind of believe that that's what's supposed to happen? You know, we get married and your wife's supposed to make you happy or your husband's supposed to make you happy. And so that's what I believe. But what happens when that's not the reality? When she doesn't make me happy, she makes me angry or frustrated or a little annoyed. I get angry, get frustrated, I get snappy. We start having arguments. Why? Because I believe a lie. Jesus Christ is the only one who can truly satisfy me. He's the only one who gives me and brings me true happiness. That's the truth. And how often do we take the truth and we trade it away to believe the lie? Because what we believe controls how we act. Remember those verses? Galatians 3.22. The scripture declares the whole world is a prisoner of sin. So that's what's promised being given through faith in Jesus might be given to those who believe. To those who believe in Jesus, the truth. So if we believed the truth, we would act in line with the truth. But our enemy, and we do have an enemy, he is the father of all lies. And he's got pretty good at sneaking some of these lies into our lives. And these lies, they put us in bondage. Because we agree with them. And then they have power over us. And scripture tells us, Anthony's read this verse, I think, for the last two weeks. I want to look at it again in Isaiah 61, verse 1. He's read this verse a few times about what Jesus came to proclaim. In Isaiah 61, 1, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. And this passage talks about two different types of people that are bound. One is prisoners and one are captives. Now they're both bound, but they're bound for different reasons. We're going to look at both of those. First one we're going to look at is prisoners. So what's a prisoner? Well, a prisoner is somebody who has done something wrong and they have been put in jail or prison uh, or bound because of it. So when we look at this in our own lives, what is that? That's our own sin. That's that verse where it says, the whole world is a prisoner of sin. We have all sinned. There's not a single person <laughs> except for Jesus Christ who hasn't sinned. We are all sinners. And we are all a prisoner of sin. This is me, you, your wife, your husband, your kids, teachers, parents, Students, it's all of us. But this is the good news, that Jesus came to proclaim that there is freedom for the prisoners. That there is a way out of bondage. So what did Jesus say was the way out of bondage for those who are prisoners? Well, the first thing is, how do we gain freedom as a prisoner or how do we deal with our own sin is confession. We confess. 
Now, the word confession really means to say the same thing as what Jesus says. So if Jesus calls us sin, I call it sin. It's speaking the truth and not trying to cover it up. This is confession. I think we kind of have an idea of maybe what confession is, but we don't really like confession. Because it's kind of one of those things that's like, uh, I don't want to really air all my dirty laundry. Everybody's got dirty laundry, okay? This is the thing that we do a bit in Set Free, the weekend that we've been talking about, is there's an aspect where it's confession. Um, and that sounds intense. I know that sounds kind of scary, you know, confessing what's going on in our lives. But Jesus is, this is one of the ways to deal with the sin because this is a reality. When you don't confess it, when you keep it secret, what you're doing is you're keeping it in the dark. And when things are in the dark is when they grow and they get moldy and fester and stinky. But when we confess it, we bring it into the light and say, Jesus, I need you to clean this and deal with it. And Jesus does. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just. Amen. And he will forgive you from all unrighteousness. That's a promise. If you confess, he will forgive you. So why don't we confess? Because we're scared. Because we believe lies that I'm the only one who deals with this, and if I confess it, then this is going to sound bad, or people are going to think about me differently, or... Those are all lies. We all deal with the same things. We need to confess it. Because when you don't confess it, you're letting it still have power over you. When you keep it in the dark. When you keep something secret, it still has power over you. Because you have to try and work around it to try to keep it secret. When you bring things into the light, when you let Jesus deal with them, that's when they lose their power. That's when we can start walking in freedom. So the first thing as a prisoner is confession. The second thing is repentance. Now, Jesus often preached these two ideas together. He says, confess and repent. Now, confession is to, to call it like it is, you know, to say, that's my sin, you know, and not try to sugarcoat it straight up. Now, repentance is a different idea. Repentance means turning away from it. So we confess our sin, and then we turn away from it and turn to follow Jesus. And I think this is the step where a lot of us maybe get stuck is that we'll confess it and we'll confess it and we'll confess it, but we never do any turning away from it. Um, one other way to think about it is, what is your um, repentance plan, I guess? We're, we're turning away from our sin, but, but how are you going to do that? You know, um, if we have this thing of, okay, this is what I'm doing in my life that I don't like doing, and I'm just going to keep confessing it and keep confessing it, but if you don't ever change anything... Um, how are you going to deal with it? You need to repent, which means turning away and turning specifically to Jesus. Because Jesus said, it's the truth that will set you free. And Jesus also said, I am the way and the truth. So it's always Jesus. We turn to Jesus. We'll never not need to turn to Jesus. Um, so to gain freedom as a prisoner, confession, and repentance. And then a third one under that is knowing and believing the truth. Now there's a difference between knowing the truth and believing the truth. 
Eve knew that God said, it'll kill you. Death will come if you eat this fruit. But she didn't believe that. She knew what it was, but she didn't believe it. So we can know what the truth is and not necessarily believe it. Um, and so that is something that gets a little more tricky because that is something that goes from head knowledge down into heart knowledge. Um, and usually it's God the one who can make that transfer. Um, I can't just will that to happen sometimes. And you need to ask God to reveal what it is that's stopping it sometimes from coming down to be in your heart. And usually it's a lie. Um, so maybe it's a lie like, um, you know, you're more important than that other person. You know, so that's why you feel like you could do this or that. Well, that's, that's not true because Jesus, who was the most important person in the entire universe, made himself nothing. He washed his disciples' feet. Uh, maybe the lie is, you know, your sin's not hurting anybody. But that's also not true because it's hurting you. It's putting you in bondage. And it nailed Jesus Christ to the cross. He gave his, his, he gave his life up for it. Maybe you believe that you deserve it. Well, I deserve this. Well, that's also not true because you don't want what you deserve because we all deserve death and eternal punishment for our sin. It's all about truth versus lies and the truth is a bit sobering. So as a prisoner, confession, repentance, and knowing the truth, what Jesus says about it. Now what about a captive? Now, what's the difference between a prisoner and a captive? Well, a prisoner is someone who's bound because of something they've done. A captive is someone who's bound because of something someone else has done. Someone who's um, bound because of other people's words, other people's actions. This is, um, yeah, you know, a captive being someone who is maybe dragged away and put in chains against their will. So I'd say this is where there's other people that have sinned against you and have hurt you and wounded you. Because that's the reality of life. We are hurting broken people living in community and relationship with hurting broken people. And we hurt each other. But Jesus has also told us a way for freedom for the captive. That's forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is tough because <laughs> how can we forgive when we've been hurt so badly or wronged so deeply? I find it interesting in the Lord's Prayer, if you've ever taken note of it, where, it's, where we pray and we say, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. What are we really saying there? As we forgive others, God, you forgive me. So if I don't forgive others, what does that mean about me and God? Well, actually, yeah, that's true. Matthew 18, he says, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. We're commanded to forgive because God knows how serious it is to be in bondage by sin. And he doesn't want us in bondage. He wants us walking in freedom and fulfilling our full potential that he's created us for.
There's a story in scripture, Jesus tells a parable. There was a master who had a servant who owed him, I don't know what the today's equivalent was, but he owed him a thousand bucks or something like that. It was probably way more than that. So he goes to the master, the master says, pay me back the money. And the guy's like, I can't, I don't have the money right now. He's like, okay, I'm gonna throw you in jail till you can pay me back. So the guy drops to his knees, he begs the master, he's like, please, 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 give me time, I'll pay you back. And the master says, you know what? I'm just gonna cancel your debt. You owe me nothing, you're free to go, we're, we're good here. So this guy who has his debt canceled go out, you know, goes out town, he runs into a dude who owes him 20 bucks. And he says to the dude, hey, give me the 20 bucks right now. Uh, and the guy's like, I can't, I don't have the money, just give me some time, I'll pay you back. Begs him, please give me time, I'll pay you back. He's like, no, and he throws him in jail. The master hears about it and he brings him before him. He's like, how dare you? I forgave you so much, could you not forgive little? I mean, that's the reality for us, right? We have been forgiven so, so much. If we understood the scope of our own personal sin that was put on Jesus on the cross. I think about my sin only from just today. And then maybe the last week, and then maybe the last month. That's already overwhelming, not, not let alone my entire life I've lived up to now and the entire life that I'll live on. We have been forgiven for so much. Can we not forgive our brothers and sisters? It's a command. God doesn't want us living in bondage because he knows how serious it is. Because this is the irony of it. When we don't forgive, we start to harbor bitterness and anger towards others. And then that sin, and what does that do? That puts us in bondage as prisoners of our own sin. It's a tangled web. God wants us to be free. So, freedom for a captive is forgiveness. And along with forgiveness, I think Mel Sigelko uh, mentioned this um, last week when Anthony had him talk. Another aspect of this would be inner healing. Uh, because there are times, there are events and situations that happen to us in our life um, that wound us and hurt us. And we need Jesus to heal those too. I remember that I heard somebody tell me one time, like, Jesus can heal your memories. And I kind of like scoffed a little bit at it because I was like, well, that seems kind of, well, whatever. Until I was in a situation where I needed Jesus to heal my memories because I had some memories that were very bitter and painful. And I needed to see where God was in it. And some people walked me along through it and we prayed and were like, God, you need to reveal, where were you in this? And then he showed me where he was in my memory. And now a memory that was bitter and painful is now sweet because it shows me God's love for me, which is huge. So I have a bit of a chart that we're gonna throw on the screen right now to help you, maybe if you're a visual learner, this can help you understand a little bit of the process of what I was talking about. So it's the enemy's lies that cause us to be prisoners and captives because we believe those lies and we act in sin because of them. So we're either bound as prisoners and captives. As prisoners, it's our own sin, our own words, what we have done that puts us in chains. As captives, it's what others have done to us to hurt us. So the tools for freedom for prisoners, like I said, confession, 
and repentance. And the tools for freedom for captives is forgiveness and inner healing. And I put the truth sets us free. We need to know the truth because that is how we continue on. That is how we continuously live our lives with God and turning our back on sin and starting to walk in holiness is when we know the truth and we can act and live in accordance with it. Um, and potential next steps at the bottom there is dealing with unclean spirits because we do have an enemy and he is actively trying to destroy us. His lies are what keep us in bondage and he wants us in bondage, he wants to destroy us and especially believers. Um, in uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book of the Bible, it says that he stands before the throne and he accuses Christians day and night. He doesn't stop accusing the believers because he wants us destroyed because we are God's children. We've been adopted in. It's a beautiful thing, but he hates it. So he wants to destroy us. And I think often what we think is that, you know, in other countries where, you know, spiritual warfare is maybe a little bit more, you know, out in the open and we're like, yeah, those are really dark places. I think that's where we think that, you know, our enemy is relegated to. But it's not like he looks at North America and is like, oh, you know, they don't like the whole spiritual thing, so I'm just going to stay away from there. Now he's here. And he's fighting, trying to destroy us. Um, I'm not trying to say that, you know, there's a demon under every rock, but he, we do have an enemy and we do need to recognize that, that we are in a spiritual battle. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against each other. Our battle is in the heavenly realms. And the amazing thing is, is that God has given us authority in the heavenly realms. That is even more grace that Christ has given us. So those are potential next steps. If you've been through soul care, we really walk through um, all that stuff. Set free, which we're offering this weekend, uh, we walk through a good chunk of this stuff because we want freedom. Christ wants freedom for us. We don't want to be chained and bound. Um, so I would encourage you, if you haven't signed up, but you're thinking about it, do it. If you're thinking, no way, We'll pray, um, and if you're scared and fear, that's not from the Lord. That's the enemy. He does not want you to come. He does not want you to experience freedom. Um, so I would encourage you. Um, yeah, if you feel like you're bound either as a prisoner or a captive, the good news is that Christ has brought freedom for us. I mean, sometimes we don't necessarily like how to get there, having to forgive and confess and repent, but those are the ways that Christ has said you can be free. So I'd encourage you, um, let's experience that freedom together and let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your love and your grace given to us through your son, Jesus Christ. Not that you would just save us from our own sin, God, but that you would give us even more. You give us grace. You pour out your love on our lives. Lord, I pray that your spirit would overwhelm our hearts and minds with your truth and your love. God, I pray that we would seek freedom. I pray that we would trust you for what you've done, that you've paid for my sin, you've paid for our sin. We praise you, Lord, and we ask for spirit to lead and guide us. In the name of Jesus, amen.